0: Hey, everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, and over there, Steve. Hello. Uh, maybe it's not Steve. We don't know. All right, so today we are talking about the Jordan Peele film, Us. Uh, Steve, give everybody a quick rundown over the basics.
1: Uh, Us is a horror film where a family is terrorized by their own doppelgangers. That's basically the rundown of the film.
0: Yep. That's that's accurate. That's very accurate. <laughs> that's the nutshell. Right. That's the nutshell. This movie was uh, very, very popular. It's the follow-up to uh, Jordan P. It's his sophomore effort. Uh, Follow-up yep. to Get Out. Uh, and, and Jordan Peele is a fantastic director.
1: He is. He uh, is the wunderkind.
0: He is. He is. I believe, did he write this movie as well?
1: Yeah. Wrote, produced, directed.
0: Right. And he has the coolest name for a production company ever. Yes. Monkey Paw Productions. That's right. So that means, that means Jordan is influenced by just kind of that old school. Because yeah. a lot of a lot of folks don't even know that story, really. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's like
1: a standard horror campfire story. Mm, like, I know,
0: but there are people who don't know what it is—a cautionary tale. What's Home Alone? <laughs> I almost
1: when I was typing the name. Uh, you know, to use for this broadcast. I almost wrote that. I actually almost wrote What's a Micro Machine? What's a Micro Machine?
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's, it stars uh, Winston Duke and lepita Nyong'o. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, both fine actors, turn in excellent performances. Uh, Winston Duke is actually... Even though this is kind of a horror setting, he is absolutely charming throughout this whole movie. Yes, it's it's crazy. Um, and of course, Lupita, gorgeous actress Maz uh, Kanata, Maz Kanata Nakia. If you've watched Black Panther, yes,
1: yeah, she and uh, she was in the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm as Raksha.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, she's got quite the uh the resume as well.
0: Yeah, and she has she has an intensity throughout this movie that's just it's just there. Yeah. I mean, she, well, well she dominates the screen.
1: And she and well she should. I mean this is her she is the starring role in this movie. Um and I gotta hand it to everyone who was in this movie. Um because they all had dual roles Mm -hmm. and this isn't one of those like let's uh hire some has-been and show off um him in five roles like uh um dr strangelove right (laughs) you know because everybody like um praises peter sellers for his efforts in that film because he plays like a billion different things which is you know difficult i'm not an actor i'm assuming it's difficult but it's got to be difficult to play the same character but slightly occluded
0: mm-hmm. or in a film. a mirror and, image of that character.
1: And everybody does it. Right. Everybody in this movie does it. They all have two roles. Well, like, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has, has two roles. All the principals. Uh, right. Including children. Right. So, you know, at, at the very least... You have to take your hat off and and
0: and just clap mm-hmm. uh, for, for the acting
1: uh, because it couldn't have been an easy task.
0: Nope, I think the only uh, the only person who who rivals them in their performances in this film would be Tom Cavanaugh. Okay, who plays the myriad versions of Harrison Wells in The Flash?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Sometimes against himself.
1: Yes, uh, which is the other thing, because there's a lot of um, playing against yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole the whole shtick with this film is um, there's people mm-hmm. who are called the tethered, right? And they live under America, right? They are Literally, underground, right. um, and th- they each tethered has a counterpart on, you know, in the surface world. I have one, you have one, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jordan Peele has one, he's American. Um, And they mirror our actions down there Mm -hmm. um, in, in like a grotesque parody of what we do. Right. So somewhere, somewhere down there, there is a a tethered of me uh, sitting down at his desk, rocking back and forth of a chair, really jerkily, and and uh, spouting moaning gibberish into a microphone or a pretend microphone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's the thing. Uh, they do reveal the origins <laughs> of the tethered as being uh, clones, pretty much uh, created by them.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a it's it's interesting. Um now we get into like the themes of the movie. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really need I'm not gonna tell you what happens because you gotta see this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's fresh enough and I I, um it just came out on on a video in a Blu-ray DVD. So you know if you haven't had a chance to see it in the theater, now's your your chance to see it. So you know it's fresh. I don't want to spoil anything. But there are some interesting things be, beyond it being a horror film, um, and and you know the best horror films um, are supposed to take, uh, be a reflection or or you know a commentary on what is going on at the time when they're made,
0: right? And to kind of keep things current. Uh, the original fifty five Godzilla King of the Monsters commentary on the dangers of nuclear testing in the ocean.
1: Right. Uh, well, Night of the Living Dead.
0: You know the um,
1: societal's ills with and vis a vis racism. Mm-hmm. Um. And and this one takes a look at a, a couple of things. Um, the main being uh, consumerism, really, and uh, how we as um, Americans treat. The rest, the rest of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the the other, in in this case, the tethered are ourselves. They're they're people, mm-hmm. um, and and we treat them horribly, even unconsciously, because we don't know they exist. But we don't know the kid that sews your Nikes together we don't really think about them, their existence. Right. Right. We don't think about the existence of, um, you know, starving children in Mexico who, who want to come over here. Well, we kind of think about them only because we're forced to by like right. horrible policies. But, but you see what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like th- this whole movie can't be interpreted just, in terms of like how shitty we as Americans are by just existing because of the system we're in.
0: Right. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, I I would say that kind of the, the hole in there, in that argument is that, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the kids that sew your Nikes together or, or folks at the border, uh, fleeing persecution in their home countries, And their treatment at the hands of the United States government. Uh, once they try to cross over for a better life. Um, you know, we have an awareness of those people. What and and by and large, you know, society as a whole chooses not to think about it at all, say exactly what you see in the movie and whatnot. The the tethered. Are completely hidden from existence. Period. Nobody even knows that they're there, and it's that their appearance that makes them scary. I mean, we have that that well, kind that's of like why it's folkloric a, a hor- sense. Well,
1: that's why it's a horror film and not a documentary,
0: right? <laughs> but you know, it's it. But there's also that bit of folklore about everybody having a doppelganger,
1: right? And, no, it, and it, it totally like plays on urban legend. And a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. um, to hammer this home, like you said, there is like an explanation of of how that tethered exists, but it's a tenuous one at best.
0: Right, right. If they they, kind of, they created whoever they is, the, right? That nebulous they in charge. You know, you can you can conspiracy theorists could run with that and come up with all sorts of organizations. Presumably, yeah, it would be some type of Illuminati. Type right. of thing,
1: or um, you know, they, they mentioned that they created the tethered f- mm-hmm. to control us, right? But
0: um, how how does that
1: work? There's no mechanics involved, and there right. there really there doesn't need to be. I mean, let's face it, first off, it's a horror film, mm-hmm. so not that that's an excuse or anything, but you know, shit like this happens in horror films all the time with even flimsier explanations, right? For example. So, um, Freddy Krueger comes, it was uh, a child molester who was burned to death and came back. And that's the explanation, right? Right. But that's all they give you. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to buy into that, you know? But, but honestly, does that even matter when you're watching um, Nightmare on Elm Street?
0: No, it doesn't matter when they're in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I I think it does matter a little bit in this one uh, because that point actually seems to operate the other way.
1: Not sure what I,
0: what you mean by that? The tether don't control us. Um, And actually it's an over it's, it's used a couple of times as kind of a get out of trouble free card um, in, in the, in the action.
1: It is, but uh, but if, if you notice who it's used by, um, it's used by um, a younger character mm-hmm. in both in both
0: cases. No, um, the first instance is by Winston Duke, and the second instance is by uh, the son. I can't remember his name. Uh, the fellow, the kid with the mask, Jason. Yes,
1: Jason versus Pluto. Um, no, it's actually used twice by, uh, Jason once in the closet and once later on
0: Mm -hmm. and it's used and it's used by, uh, the father in the boat. Um,
1: I don't think there's any mirroring done by the father in the boat.
0: It's not mirroring, but, uh, they definitely do the whole Corsican thing. where it's not the clone that slams his head into the engine of the boat. It is Winston Duke slams his own head into the engine. No, he
1: slammed his head into the boat and it turned it on. The other one got uh, Mm. caught in the blades. Nope. Because, yeah, I I watched that a
0: couple of times. The blood blood splatter comes while he's still standing up. I'm pretty
1: sure he got caught in the blades. Hmm.
0: We'll make that. We'll make that a Gene Wolf moment. That's right. <laughs> Which, consequently, this move, this movie has a lot of those types of elements that you can have those types of intricate and detailed discussions, and that's probably one of the things that makes this movie great over uh, other types of horror movies. You can't really debate Freddy Krueger's personality. Or yeah. <laughs> Jason Voorhees' <laughs> motives.
1: That's true. And, and and the areas of gray um that occur between the good and the bad in this film um are huge. Yeah. Just I'm just, just without giving it away. Um there's definitely a question of of are we the baddies?
0: <laughs> well, who's the bad guy? Yeah. Right right who who are the real victims here right which kind of you know you're not wanting to spoil it which kind of kind of makes it a little bit more difficult to talk about because i mean non-spoiler non-spoilery it's a pretty bog standard chase film chase horror film uh and and that's what you get if if you don't really sit down and explore, you know the the symbology and this that and the other. Um, okay,
1: we, I mean, I guess we could be mildly spoilery then.
0: Yeah, I mean, in particular, you have you have the recurrence of eleven eleven, Jeremiah eleven eleven, right. uh, and it's God saying that He is about to bring uh, a calamity upon people. Uh, that they will be powerless to stop and that continuing on into verse 12, that, you know, the gods that uh, they pray to won't be able to stop it either.
1: Right. And it's also 1111 11 mirrors itself. Yes. That's not very spoilery. No,
0: that's not very spoilery. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean 11 is a palindrome. It's it's the same forward and backward. Right. Um and it's even it it's but it's also a,
1: visually it's the same. It's not like, like mm-hmm. 2112 is also a palindrome, right? But it's not a, a mirror image of itself. So where eleven eleven well, is because it's just
0: line. I think twenty-one twelve is a mirror image because if you flip them, they would be in reverse positions. However, eleven eleven is a palindrome of a palindrome meaning that 11 looks the same in either direction on its own side of the mirror. Right. And as does another 11. So like it ties into your gray areas. Like, you know, it's not, is it a true mirror image? You know, what's which, what 11 is the, the mirror. Right. And you can't tell because there you go they are identical. Yes,
1: they, they completely are. Um, which is, it's funny because it's like almost saying that, you know, we are going to end up, uh, getting rid of ourselves in late stage capitalism.
0: Right. Uh, Or, or also, you know, you don't know who you really are because there's also that recurring image of the, the mirror cave, um, and the little subtitle below the sign on the outside of the mirror cave is find yourself, find yourself. And, and so you talk about it as late stage capitalism. There's, there's a difference between, you know, how we perceive ourselves to be as a person in society and what we really are. Yes. Uh, And, you know, that you can go through and talk about that as, as, You know, we think we're free, we think we're able to do all this stuff, but in reality, we are essentially caged animals. Tethered. Nah, I don't wouldn't necessarily say that we're tethered, but you know, I I think that you know, two bodies sharing one soul, the illusion of how we think our life is and the reality of right now our lives
1: there's very little to go on with like the the um i guess the backstory Mm -hmm. of of what the fuck is going on the conspiracy theories and the two uh lives sharing one soul Mm. and that's just it's an interesting um bit of information because it's passed off as um not as fact in the context of the story, it's passed off as um, some say blah, blah, blah. a c- Kind of like an urban legend kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, because like really, who knows? Right.
0: But, it's, but I think it's enough to, to kind of work with a little bit when you're. No,
1: well, you have nothing else to work with. Right. <laughs> that's the thing is the the background that you're given. You have. That's what you have to go by. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of like trying to put together what the fuck is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you just, you just have the rambling or the, you know, the red story red is um, uh, Lupita uh, uh, Nyong'o's tethered character. Right. The main villain, if you will, Mm -hmm. kind of.
0: Right. Right. The, the mastermind yeah of of the whole the of the events right
1: the reason I tend to interpret this as like a as an economic metaphor mm-hmm. um, is that there's just so much just um little subtle act. Um, ec- like just hints of, of, um, you know, upward mobility. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of, um, what, what do you call it? Keeping up with the Joneses Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And just like the rat race, Um, whereas uh, nobody in this film is poor.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. We don't really Uh, get into what everybody does. Right. But,
1: But, you know, I mean, they all have beach houses. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so i just put that, that out there but the wilson's seem to be um a little less well off than the tyler's right uh the tyler's are elizabeth moss and tim Heidegger. Mm-hmm. um uh, uh, winston or that's his real name gabriel uh, wilson buys a boat but it's a used boat right uh, with problems where his buddy um josh you know has a has a yacht call, um called yeah be yacht be yacht but be yacht right B yacht so like by like be yacht Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Wilson's their summer home kind of looks like an ocean city beach house, right? Right. It's got like, um, cheesy wallpaper. It's got wood paneling. You could, you could see that it's like a beach house,
0: right? Right. And, 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 uh, and the other guys have this like well, super have, like, modern palatial, palatial glass <laughs> and steel. <laughs>
1: Right, and and you could definitely tell that at least um, in terms of uh, Gabriel, Gabe's um, thinking that he really wants what the Tyler's have. Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, well, but he, he he seems he seems in one respect to like yeah, kind of what he what they have, but he's like, this is what we got, and it's ours.
1: Yeah, so, I don't think I don't know, is- It's like
0: he wants he wants what they have, but he's satisfied with the version of it that he gets. Yeah, I don't
1: think he begrudges them at all. No. Um I just think that, you know, there is that keeping up with the Joneses um aspect to his his makeup. Right. Um, but you know, the, uh, the the biggest difference is that, you know, the Wilsons
0: are happy. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, whereas the Tylers hate each other. Right. Absolutely despise <laughs> each other. And it's kind of flipped because, because you see Gabriel wants kind of wants that lifestyle of his buddy, but it's flipped in the wives in that. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, Kitty. Kitty wants to be. It, it is covetous of uh, Lapita Nyong'o's looks. Adelaide, yeah. She, Adelaide. Had,
1: she had some minor
0: surgery. Right. She had some minor surgery done, but, you know, in that other part where, you know, the the tethered kitty is looking at her, and then right. she goes and does the thing. You know, it's like that kind of carries yeah. over.
1: that's like this really creepy, like, almost mechanical doll um, pantomime of... Um, Putting on makeup and admiring oneself in the mirror.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that's one of the interesting things about it is that uh, you see that sort of thing going on. You know, these weird little pantomimes of the other characters.
1: Yeah. And that is
0: why the mirror scene you discussed earlier and, uh, you know, it, the fact that um, Gabriel's tethered uh also needs glasses. Yeah. And and <laughs> doesn't want them. Right. <laughs> doesn't like them. Right. He doesn't want them, he doesn't like them, but you know you can tell through Duke's acting that as soon as the tethered puts on the glasses he can see better. Right. You know, this kind of like look of shock on his face when he puts them on.
1: Right. That's why I'm saying that the acting is just top notch mm-hmm. because it's not like they're playing two roles. They're right. playing the same role, just slightly differently.
0: Right. A little bit off kilter. Right. And, and and they do a good job of it because the tethered do not speak. Except
1: for Red. But
0: yeah. Except for Red. And they uh, <clears throat> excuse me. All of the performance is, is all body language. Uh, especially for um, the the young child, uh, Pluto.
1: Yeah, Jason, Jason's doppelganger, which is uh, he was the two kids, uh, uh, Pluto and Umbra. Right, they were the freakiest.
0: I, I guess you know, Umbra, Umbra just kind of became this like generic slasher villain.
1: Yeah, but it, it wasn't. It was just- as, as did
0: as did Gabriel's tethered, you know, just kind of turned into the generic, you know, large dude with a you know desire to kill.
1: Yeah, but Umbra like heard the body language that that um the actress who was uh Shandi Wright Joseph. Uh, Shahadi. Sorry, Shahadi Wright Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um the the body language she used as Umbra was just freaky. And that smile on her face, that just like,
0: yeah. And it was was also, and it was also done to great effect with, uh, the, um, with the Wilsons. Yeah. The the Wilsons, the Wilson twins. Oh no, that's the Tyler's, the Tyler twins. Excuse me.
1: Who are twins in real life.
0: Yep twins playing twins they are literally 11 11
1: right they're like 11 11 11 yeah. <laughs> 11 almost, 11 11 11 right almost 420 <laughs> right they're so 11 11 they're 420 man
0: <laughs> but uh yeah I the the one thing that gets me is that uh yeah the doppelgangers pretty much come to take everybody's place. That's, that's the gist of the story.
1: Right. They're, they're rising up to uh, get what's rightfully theirs. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, however, uh, Red, unlike the rest of the, the doppelgangers that we see throughout the, the movie, uh, is, wants to toy with Adelaide.
1: Yeah. Well, um, she not only is the mastermind of the Uprising... And we can't but, uh, tell you why yeah but she is also out for a little bit of comeuppance mm-hmm. beyond just revenge right i mean it's this time it's personal
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and in a way i mean in a way you could totally um empathize with her well yeah but in another way you're just kind of like, well, you're just setting it all up to happen all again, just with you as, as the, the people in charge.
0: Uh, sort of, yeah. Well, I mean, the covetousness of it, I mean, it's the whole reason of the plan, is that, you know, those below don't want to mimic the lives of those above. Right, they
1: want to live the lives
0: of those above. Right, and there's there's even deeper into your late stage capitalism metaphor, where you know our culture and our society uh, is conditioned to believe that we're all temporarily embarrassed millionaires, <laughs> where great. where where the quote unquote the lower classes of people are constantly conditioned to covet the lifestyles of the wealthy and the famous.
1: Right. As, as opposed to, you know, working toward a a goal where everyone um, benefits Mm -hmm. and they just want to replace uh, their oppressors with themselves. Right. Um, It's really funny because at one point um, when you first, are when you know the uh Wilsons are first dealing with their their tethered do- doppelgangers um uh I think it's Gabe just asks who are you like you would right <laughs> and um red just says we're
0: Americans mm-hmm. <laughs> yep I mean these questions were answered You know, and, and, and that Gabe is one of the more interesting characters simply because, you know, he's the guy that actually thinks of trying to communicate. Right. You know, uh, definitely
1: red reds first, um, first instinct is get the hell out. Right. But Gabe wants to, um, find out what's going on.
0: He wants to know, do do they need help? Do they, you know, you know and he's he's perfectly willing to give them whatever they want or whatever they need you know to get them the hell out of there yeah you know hell you know there might be there might have been some part of Gabe at uh at some point early in meeting the tethered that he you know would have tried to make friends with them he seems like that kind of person
1: yeah he is a, it's funny because you 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 see a lot, especially these days, post-Simpsons and Family Guy, where fathers in popular culture are kind of goofballs. Right. Happy Father's Day, everyone, by the way. Yep. We're we're recording this on Father's Day. And, uh, you know, they're goofy, and we have dad jokes. You know, we have our own brand of joke, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which which are stupid puns. Right. You know, we listen to dad music. Which is like old rock and roll, you know? Right. We, we, we kind of like are like the goofy class now, you know? F- thanks, Simpsons. Um, but Gabe is kind of a, a champion of dads everywhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> he he's, you know, he's a little bit calm. Uh, of comic relief you know Mm and you could make an argument that he's probably a little dense right Uh, um but he also is you know like you said willing to uh give people a shot Mm -hmm. before flying off the handle now once that shot has been given and you know his family's in trouble then he becomes you know a a fighter and defender of his family sort of well he doesn't run
0: Oh uh, he doesn't run but you know he definitely gets they they definitely take him out
1: <laughs> well yeah he, Early I mean, in the circumstances are circumstances mm-hmm. you know it, it, that has nothing to do with his attitude or yeah. you know who he is as a person
0: he just like hurt his fucking leg right so but but he is kind of that, that take charge kind of person. It's like, no, you know, and that becomes the kind of a conflict between him and Adelaide. It's that you know, once they realize what's going on and how widespread it is, uh, she wants to run to Mexico and he's like, look, we're going to stay right here. We got everything we need. We got a generator. We got food. We got, you know, Ophelia, (laughs) right. We got music. Um, you know, and there's a little bit of a uh, little couple little humorous takes in there and only the way Jordan Peele can do, uh, you know, where Ophelia Call the Police right. playing Fuck the Police <laughs> by N.W.A. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome.
1: I've been thinking about that song recently, and it might have been because I
0: watched this film. Right. Uh, but also the the weird thing about this movie is its use of the song I've got five on it which is <laughs> a, a classic track in from the 90s right um, we used to spin it all the time when i was spinning records and you know the the inclusion of it in the beginning with the family bonding moment
1: well it was
0: was nice and then you had it it came on the radio again once the family was was together and you know and showed and it, it showed the strength of that unit. Right. But then he kind of turns it and throws it into the score. So you have the musical, the the rhythmic hook of the song as part of the score, slowed down and and you know, played on strings and stuff, you know, just like the sample in the song, but it's more orchestral, it feels darker at that point in the movie.
1: Yeah. Um actually it's really good sound design in
0: mm-hmm. this
1: film. And it's not something that I normally would comment on. Um because it's not something you normally notice, but it's something that I notice because a lot of other films have such poor sound design. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My biggest complaint with a lot of films especially action films and horror films is that um instead of naturally mm-hmm. having the sounds um and the volume of the film um organically mm-hmm. they just turn up the game yeah and Great. make it louder <laughs> and right. and and that does not happen in this film. And it's totally the kind of film that would have that. hmm But it's not.
0: Right. Right. There are no there are no cheesy jump scares in this film either.
1: There are not. It's 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 uh, you know, if you just look at it as just a horror film, um, uh, well very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the fact that you you get a film that that we can argue over well, you know, is it a material thing? is it a spiritual thing? Mm-hmm. You know, just makes that even even better, I think, right. you know um, you, you go and watch something like uh, Friday the thirteenth and
0: you talk about,
1: you know, I love the machete going going through his heart.
0: Well, that's straightforward. <laughs> I mean On the
1: fish hook, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun, it's gore, and that's all it is. But this is fun, it has gore, but it's more.
0: Well, that's that's the other thing that I was kind of I I, I rather enjoyed is that um the gore is understated. Whereas a lot of films by other directors, other writers um would feature someone being beaten to death with a golf club. And you know, and show every impact or show the aftermath of the impacts. Um, much of the violence in this movie is either off at a distance or off camera altogether, and you hear it through sound effects, right? And and that kind of you know, for me, that's a much better experience simply because you don't film, right? You don't you don't have to have everything on the screen. You know, you don't have to see people pulling their tendons out of their wrists or whatever. Well, looking at you, evil dead remake. Well, but okay. But evil dead is evil dead. Right. And that's what it was designed to be. Well, it was I
1: mean, designed I mean, to be a, a gore fest,
0: right? I mean the remake though, you don't need realistic amounts of gore. The Not second right. evil dead and and consequently, Army of Darkness and Ash versus the Evil Dead, you know they use gore in a comical way. Ash cuts the head off of a deadite, and you know you get more blood coming out of the body than is actually in a human body. Right. But well, I you, agree. You, then you get other other horror films, other horror franchises that really, you know, their main thing is punctuating. They blow most of their budget on the effect. Of stabbing someone straight through with a machete, or well, we've you know, had
1: a, a rash of horror films, um, that are well, they call it torture porn, yes. Um, and I, you know, anything from Human Centipede to um, Saw being the most prevalent, Saw or um, uh, what's the one, uh, Hostile. Uh, Red
0: State isn't that another one? Uh, I think
1: it's something else.
0: Uh, that was a cult movie. That was Kevin Smith. Oh, never so heard. that was that's torture porn for you, right there. That's true. But that's my own personal hell. <laughs> right. Would you like to but, play a game?
1: But this is not that. I mean, the whole point of those movies is to have this realistic, you know uh the horrors in the it could happen I guess right because mm-hmm. you know people are always like uh put into variations on automatic bear traps right
0: all the time right exactly
1: but, but you know yeah. conceivably you're a tourist you can go to Serbia that's it, a Serbian film you can go to Serbia and and you know get whacked by you know um People who want to hunt humans—it right. could
0: happen. Yeah, my eyes are rolling. By the way, well, I'm I'm sure it could, and you know, and I'd like to see Jordan Peele's take on the uh, dangerous, the most dangerous game idea.
1: <laughs> well, that kind of, in a way,
0: um, Get Out kind of had that. Right. Right. But I haven't seen Get Out.
1: You haven't seen Get
0: Out? Nope, I have not. Get Out. Nope. <laughs>
1: Get Out's good, man.
0: Out. I, I'm the only person in America who probably hasn't seen that film.
1: Mm. That
0: Donald Trump. Yeah, I was gonna say there's
1: probably a number number of people who enjoy uh, Teutonic symbolism. <laughs> who haven't seen that film either. Not that right. I'm putting you in the same category. Maybe, right. Maybe I just happen
0: to be walking down the same side <laughs> of the street, unfortunately, as as uh, the most of the members of the Republican Party. Yeah, you should just go and
1: see Get Out. You should see Get Out. It's a good film.
0: So I keep hearing.
1: So I can't ask you the question of whether you like this or Get Out better.
0: Right, right. I mean, I you haven't seen it. Okay, well, I can answer half that question halfway. Um, right. You know, we do talk about weird fiction a lot on this on this podcast. Uh, I am, and I'm going to instantly lose uh, points with the Council of Seventeen here. I am not a fan of horror movies. I don't actively seek them out. Um, If I do, it's either because we're doing something like this or I'm bored and, you know, there's no good, you know, kung fu movies on or anything. So it's like, oh, yeah. Horror kung fu. Horror kung fu. Uh, Chinese ghost story is one of the greatest movies ever fucking made. See? Um, So he likes
1: horror movies. They just have to be the right
0: horror movie. Right, they have to be the right horror movies, but I don't actively go out and seek out, say, you know, Western horror movies, I guess you would say, because, you know, I don't go around, you know, Suspira and any of that stuff.
1: Well, now we're starting to talk about, like, hoity-toity horror movies, which I don't like.
0: Right. But, you know, I don't, I and I definitely do not like torture porn, Um, and it's just a genre of film that doesn't really appeal to me. I, you know, I don't like realistic gore. I, you know, I will like over the top comical gore. That's one of the things I do like evil dead. uh, But in my mind, that's more black comedy than a horror film.
1: See, I like horror films um, mainly because I don't like most films and horror films. Um are probably now I'm not saying all of them because they're definitely some pretentious ass horror films, but on the whole, um, horror films are a lot less pretentious than um, your your arty films that people mm. praise, which I don't have a, a stomach for
0: right. Um so, not as a person who watches a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of horror films.
1: Jet mm, Out's several, kind of a horror film too,
0: right? I've seen, you know, I've seen all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I've seen, you know, several of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. You know, I've seen the the Halloween films, not the Rob Zombie bullshit. Uh, you know, the the original few. John Carpenter. Yeah, the John Carpenter Halloween films, and even Part Three, Season of the Witch. You know, and and a lot of the underrated cheesy uh spinoffs you know four five six seven eight 37 h2o h2o well i only saw that because of buster rhymes
1: uh, <laughs> that's um, the one where, where they where they're like they have the rave broadcasted in the old house right yeah is that the same
0: one yeah yeah and uh yeah you know, I've seen a lot of these, but it's hard to say, you know, I don't have any of them that's in my favorite movies of all time, with the exception of Evil Dead 2. Yeah,
1: Evil Dead 2 is like in everybody's. Right. Yeah, you're you're, you're not like <laughs> Yeah, I'm not special. <laughs> you're not making a big statement by saying right. Evil Dead right. 2. I mean that's like everybody. I think you you should just like that question, one of your top five movies that aren't Evil Dead 2 should be the standard question.
0: Right. But, see, I don't have a top five movies that aren't Evil Dead if we're narrowing it down uh, to horror films, because then it might be like uh, New Nightmare and uh, Us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying this one is in your top five?
0: Well, oh, it, it, It's in my top five. By you the- heard it oh. right here,
1: folks. Top five horror films of Rodney Turner.
0: That's right. Top five horror films slots three, four and five are empty. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so with that said, horror, horror, not being the type of cinema I like to gravitate toward, you know, um, I I found this one, you know, and it it entertained me for two hours, which is the number one goal of all films. That's true. Um, And, you know, it was interesting enough to talk about it on the show. Uh, Do I really believe all the hype that surrounded this film? And there was a good bit of hype. Uh, I'm kind of iffy on that. You know, I'm I'm undecided over whether it's not, whether or not it deserves the hype. And I I don't know if I would give this a second or third viewing.
1: Mm, I've watched it twice. I'd watch, watch it
0: again.
1: Yep, I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um I like I like I like Jordan Peele. I like um what he does with with filmmaking. Is it perfect? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. I mean, what, what There were parts of this film that were definitely predictable. Like the big twist ending was kind of like
0: broadcast. Oh, that was telegraphed.
1: It was broadcast very early on. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it, it, but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment it's kind of one of those oh wait oh no she's blah 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 and then you find out you're right and you're like god damn it i knew it right Right? instead of oh yeah of course (laughs) you know what i'm saying like some things are broadcast and that actually helps create suspense right as opposed to something that is given away and when the big reveal happens you just kind of like go, yeah, I knew it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes like um a to me um a good auteur, if you will, uh, because of the subtlety of what he's able to do as opposed to hand fisting it. You know, had this been had this film been um the same plot, actors, everything with somebody who went over the top of the gore and uh, dialed down the subtlety of it it wouldn't have been a uh, as as good of a film as it ended up being
0: I, I don't know i think he could have uh i think he could have uh, gotten through the first act a little bit better um uh it just kind of like it took so long for it to warm up it was like an old car you know you, you sh- And then once it started going, you know, it it, it was paced pretty well. It's just that that first act.
1: I didn't mind that. I actually uh, didn't mind that. To me, it helped uh, build the characters so that I actually kind of gave a shit about them. Even like, um, even the, uh, this is why I have the wikipedia page open so i could get names because i'm horrible with them i'm um, even the tylers like because they were nasty people yeah and when when they you know went down um uh, i felt bad for them i didn't despite the fact that they were nasty people there had to be something good about them um it's not like that that you know they were friends with with the wilson's i don't think the wilson's are going to be friends with people who are just like straight
0: up douchebags yeah but yeah i didn't i didn't feel anything for them you know was like oh there they go well you were also
1: um thought the first act was long
0: (laughs) i didn't say it was long it was but it was it was slow
1: So, yes, you're not supposed to like them as much as the Wilsons, but you are still supposed to have some some uh, feeling. for them.
0: Well, I don't, so I guess there's something wrong with me. You're not human, Rodney. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. Or maybe I'm not. Maybe you were supposed to root for them to die. Maybe. Maybe. You know, I, I kind of wanted to pick up the scissors and help them. It was like, yo, here, let me have a turn. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, and the same with the twins. You know, when, uh, when Lupita took care of that one, that was good stuff.
1: Well, she took care of, but that was like their evil twins. Right. At but that still. point, they were the evil twins. and you. But they, you they would,
0: were evil twins they were they were evil twins of evil twins because the the those two kids were just like you know please go drown them in the ocean
1: oh one of them was wearing a black flag t shirt couldn't have been all that bad
0: uh pff, probably never even heard a black flag there were actually two black flag t shirts in this film mm-hmm. there were one uh one on the whack a mole guy
1: Yep.
0: and went on one of the twins. It might have even been the same shirt. Was- yeah, I'm sure it probably was. <laughs> it, was uh, it was Brendan Fraser's shirt. from. Uh, did, uh, he, the, the,
1: I don't think he had a black flag shirt.
0: <laughs> I know he had a dead Kennedy's, but we'll talk BK- about it
1: next time. Yeah, that's next time.
0: <laughs> All right, so that about does it for our look at us. Uh, go out and check it out. Yep, I give it a thumbs up. Go and watch it. I give it a thumb three quarters of the way up, because you know it it could have been better, but it was okay for what it was, and it really, you know, it really endeared Winston Duke in my heart as somebody I want to watch more movies with him in it. Uh, a it, do it. It hit.
1: was it was him on the on the uh, twin bed, right? Oh God. <laughs>
0: Winston Duke was definitely too big for that fucking bed. He's trying to get all sexy on that bed. It's like
1: (laughs) it's a single. It's like a shoebox, and he's like, ah, he's a a big guy. He is a a, big guy. He's like a, you know, he's a thick guy, (laughs) and he's like leaning back with his legs spread out in his shorts, (laughs) trying to be all like sexy. on his bitty bed (laughs) i'm like this bed that's smaller than
0: he is it's like where where (laughs) is she gonna sleep (laughs) oh boy i mean their couch in their living room of the beach house was bigger than that bed yeah i
1: i will say that the one thing that
0: did um that that did
1: kind of like make my disbelief um unsuspended was when she was uh, handcuffed to that flimsy ass table, and she couldn't make it over to the fireplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she couldn't move the table. Right, right. <laughs> that was a little okay, man. Yeah, yeah. That's like a shit. That's like a, a an IKEA coffee table. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and it was almost like this, uh, it was almost like this uh, Tarantino kind of shot because yeah. it was very focused the in shot, on... The feet. shot was
1: cool, and had you... Had it been believable, it would have been a really cool moment. But I was just sitting there going, you can't move that table.
0: You can't move that table? You can't... An-
1: uh, another foot?
0: Right. <laughs> you
1: just need another foot. And really, you kind of just picked the table up and walked over.
0: <laughs> right. All right. It wasn't nailed down.
1: It, it And it, it wasn't like a big table. It was like a glass top coffee table.
0: Right. Wood. Like
1: pine or something. Not like a metal. You know? So, yeah, that's... There you go. There's my one big complaint. Yeah. Actually, there were a couple of um, moments like that in the film. I will say, there were a couple, like, like, the reality doesn't match with what the action was going on, on the screen it's a lot to ask for to suspend disbelief that you can't move a coffee table
0: right right absolutely all right so once again that's us. that's us doing us uh 11 11 man check it out and uh until next time keep 30 look point